and we're back with another episode of the Anarchist Experience, episode 299, aka year six, week 49, uh, coming at you this week. I'm going to call it the the Christmas Hangover Edition. Uh, as always, I'm your host, Mr. Richie Rich, along with MC and KS. And since this is your regularly scheduled call-in show, uh, those numbers 303-335-9527 or 303-835-1301, that's 303-335-9527 or 303-835-1301. Did you guys have a good holiday doing the fun stuff? according to Bitcoin, I did. Okay, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Right? The the, the 25 Mm -hmm. on the 25th? That's how I saw some places. Yeah, yeah doing their thing so good looking out if you were in the market for five thousand dollar bitcoin like one of our friends was uh, maybe that's passed for good who knows maybe you'll see it again and maybe you'll pass up on buying it again because hey if it's coming all the way down it's obviously going to crash to zero and it's not something you probably want to get into now i do have a headline here which is kind of why we led with that uh, is bitcoin strangling the other cryptocurrencies uh, from Zero Hedge, so if you're one of those people who cares about sources, sourced articles, um, this is uh, the articles from Zero Hedge linked to from the dollarcollapse.com. Take that for what you will. And this comes out before uh, the all-time high on the on Christmas. So Bitcoin had already had a hell of a week, and many of its fans see its recent spike as just the beginning of a run that converts it from a cult favorite to global reserve currency. That's an exciting prospect for a lot of reasons, but it's not yet a done deal. One of the many concerns that non-holders have about Bitcoin is that its algorithmically constrained supply might be a kind of mirage because other cryptocurrencies with similar characteristics and utility can be created in infinite numbers. From a trader's perspective, here's what that means. If Bitcoin keeps rising relative to, say, Ethereum and Litecoin, it creates an arbitrage in which investors sell Bitcoin and reinvest their profits in much cheaper but otherwise similar and therefore equally attractive as a store of value coins. So Bitcoin's price falls, or at least rises more slowly, while Ethereum and Litecoin gain ground. The crypto universe diversifies and expands partially at Bitcoin's expense. And Bitcoin, while still successful, misses its chance to conquer the global monetary system. The other day, I mentioned this concern to a very smart, highly committed Bitcoin fan, and his response, I'm paraphrasing a bit, was, quote, The other coins are trash. Bitcoin is draining all the air out of the crypto space. The others will die, and Bitcoin will absorb their market cap, along with the most of the capital now in gold and the dollar, on its way to a price of $1 million per coin. Unquote. That's compelling considering that you hardly ever hear about those other coins anymore. One way to check this, of course, is to see what the other coins are doing. If they're falling as Bitcoin rises, then yes. This might indeed be a one-horse race, and those comparisons of Bitcoin's tiny-by-design supply to the number of U.S. dollars, ounces of gold, etc., that yield insanely high Bitcoin prices look more valid. If, on the other hand, smaller-cap cryptos are taking wing along with Bitcoin, then the jury is still out on whether Bitcoin's supply is limited to its own ledger or has to include the rest of the crypto space, which makes its supply theoretically unlimited, just like any crappy fiat currency. So let's go to the charts, uh, and I'm going to read this anyway, but you can you know see the charts on the article uh, linked on our Telegram. Bitcoin's dominance of the crypto space has fluctuated in the past year, falling from a massive 70% to the mid-50s and then rising back to pretty much where it started. The verdict, it's definitely the big player in this space. But is Bitcoin's recent gains in market share due to the inevitable death of all those no-name, no-future coins that came to market during the recent ICO frenzy? Or is it due to defections from other viable cryptos that might someday challenge Bitcoin's dominance? If the former, you'd expect some of the other cryptos to be rising in price along with Bitcoin, and some of them are. And then it shows uh, the charts for Ethereum and Bitcoin Cash and Litecoin uh, over the past week. During a week in which Bitcoin had an epic run, the other well-known cryptos did okay. The oxygen may have been sucked out of the no-name coins uh, with market caps approximating zero 
but Ethereum, Litecoin, and Bitcoin Cash all caught a bid. These charts actually paint a picture that resemble precious metals mining. Bitcoin is a barrack or a newmont that just had a really good year, while the lesser cryptos look like mid-tier or junior miners being swept along in the sector's whale's wake. Which means the cryptos, the crypto ecosystem might be evolving into a normal market. With big and small players and a common sense dynamic in which a big player's success sends money flowing down the food chain in search of juicier percentage gains. With one difference. The supply of viable gold miners is constrained by geology. There's just so much gold out there, and most of it has already been found. But the number of cryptos with algorithmically constrained supplies is potentially infinite. And as money flows into that space, the incentive to create more Bitcoin clones and to sell Bitcoin itself to buy those potential hundred baggers rises. Put yet another way, Bitcoin's first mover advantage is real, but the constraints on its dominance imposed by the other viable cryptos seem real too. Very few sectors are swallowed up by a single entity, and it's not yet clear that cryptos are an exception to that rule. Uh, end of the article. So you're the you're the finance guy, MC and and KS. You're you're the econ guy. So where does Bitcoin stand in relation to all these other cryptos, and does this article have any relevance? Yeah. Well, first of all, um, Bitcoin is the gateway drug to all the other cryptos. Um, some people weirdly to me skip that and go right to ethereum uh never have even experienced uh bitcoin so and, and a lot of people get into bitcoin and, and the first thing they think of it well, what, what do i do with this and then they see this huge market of all these thousands of altcoins or shit coins or whatever you prefer to call them um i say and, shit coins yeah and well i don't know i i think a lot of them have a uh, utility so yeah, it's the first, but that's the first thing, you know, some people think when they, uh, you know, save up their first, let's say $10,000 and they put it in the stock market. And the first thing they do is, where do I put it? Where do I put it? And, and they frantically search for something to, to put their dollars in, in the stock market, forgetting that, well, dollars are also something. Um, uh, dollars are going to go down forever. But um, the point is, is they make hasty, rash decisions. Um, and so, and they do the same exact thing with Bitcoin is my point. They get into Bitcoin and for some reason, holding Bitcoin just seems boring. Well, because boring, it is boring. But it's, it's not boring right now is you know, going up from $5,000 to $25,000. That's, that's an insane, uh, fast, uh, crazy paced uh, game yeah. in, in the real world. So, but, but if you're holding coins, it's boring because then it's like, okay, I've still got, I've, you know, I I started with two Bitcoin. I've still got two Bitcoin. I know. Yes, but, it's worth more, but I'm not selling it. I'm so, not buying anything with it. So maybe then the, the thing people are missing out in is the risk. They think Bitcoin is a sure win. And surely if Bitcoin is a sure win, there's something else out there that's even a more sure win. Like, a you know, let's add some more. Let's pour some more gasoline on this thing and, and uh, you know, add as much risk as we possibly can. Uh, let's let's put in some uranium and plutonium, you know, with it too, and just just see how much risk we could we can put in there before it blows up. Well, because that's I, where the excitement is. If you right. want to do something exciting, that's what you got to do. So, but for most people, Bitcoin is already like, why would I do that? It's so risky. But then once they try it, then it it explodes into uh, all the you know altcoins and stuff like that. You know, and and it's not everybody. There's a lot of people that that buy Bitcoin. They're that, they're like, oh, let's just see what this does. And that's precisely why it's going up because there's more people buying and holding and not selling. And if there's no sellers, then the next price is, well, whatever the price people decide to sell at. And, and that also causes the bubble because if somebody sells, what's the current price right now? Uh, it's hovering around 25. 26,538. So it's if they sell it right now, it's the peak of the peak right now. Uh, but it could go higher. And so so then that's what happens. People sell it $26,630 and then it uh it starts to go higher than that and then they go, "Oh, it's not the top yet." And then they buy back in. And so they they keep pushing the price higher because there's not enough sellers to stop it from rising. So um, and, and also there's a whole bunch of people, uh, putting money into Bitcoin too. Uh, 
now it's institutions and uh, people with hedge funds and all kinds of uh, big money players, uh, which is interesting. It's a wide adoption that's been discussed for some time now. But it's interesting, but also it could be the signal that maybe this is the last big bubble. You know, maybe it hits like something crazy like 400000 or a million dollars per Bitcoin. And then it's just dead for 20 or 30 years. Who knows? I mean, um, you know, something like that could could happen. You know, at that point, Bitcoin could become very boring. Um, yeah. But this run up is going to going to cause a lot of people to do the same thing they do in the stock market. When they put their money in the stock market, they go, oh, where do I put it? So they're going to people are, I think, forever going to be putting money into Bitcoin and going, well, now that I'm in the cryptocurrency space, now I have access to all these other things that I could put the Bitcoin into. And so, yeah, it's, it's going to, you know, all, all the boats are going to rise. Uh, the rising tide lifts all boats. and Bitcoin is the tide. So, Is it important before you get into it? I know, we, I know we've had similar discussions privately uh, to like, to figure that answer out before you put your dollars into Bitcoin. Like, what are, what are my goals? What am I going to do with this? Um, yeah, um, it's, it's good to have an, an exit that you'll feel comfortable with because then you won't run into that problem of, oh, I sold at this price and now I feel bad and now I'm going to buy in at a higher price. You don't want to be the one pushing the price higher every day because that means you're losing uh, Bitcoin at that point. Yeah, so but if but so if your goal is to gain dollars, right? Then, as long as you may not be gaining as much as you could have had you not sold out, uh, but my general feeling is that if your goal is to improve your dollar position, it doesn't matter when you buy in or sell out, as long as you're selling out at a higher price, right? Like yeah, you bought it, you yeah. bought at twenty, you sold at twenty five, you went, oh shit, now it's at twenty six. So you buy back in at 26, rise, you know, ride it out to 27, 28, sell out again while you've made money again. Yeah, it's but, still a risk. But what, what ends up happening is at some, at some point it hits its peak. And then at, at that point you're, you're still in and then it starts to go down. So what do you do? Then you, then you sell. Ah, <laughs> oh, cut your losses. And then you buy back in a little bit lower and then you sell again. And then at, at the end of the day, you've basically... Uh, started with what you started with, or you end with what you started with, and then, uh, and and then it, all, all the trading was for nothing. So, I, I think it's more efficient for most people just to find out you know, what what they think uh, Bitcoin is worth. I would say between a hundred thousand and four hundred thousand um, is is a good target for this for this bubble. Okay, um, and then you know, and then and then just stop if you're gonna. I think it's silly to sell at any point between twenty five thousand and a hundred thousand. I mean, I mean that's just my my perspective. Um, Depending because, on when you got in, or because it, let's say it gets to seventy five thousand and it starts yeah. going higher, then the 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 uh, the risk is that you'll buy back in again, <laughs> and then it will go down, and then you will lose. Sure. So it's it's better to me. It's just better to to pick your price and and then be happy with that. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's there's lots of trading strategies, but I think the rule with Bitcoin still kind of follows uh, the stock market is that most people lose. So you don't want to be one of the losers when it when it uh, you know it's it's uh, Bitcoin is is bubblicious. It's like it, it creates bubbles and then it, and then it pops and it comes back down, and that's the, that's been the the process that has gone through uh, every single uh, bull run, right? Okay, and it's, and I don't know how long that that trend of bubbles is going to happen, but we're currently, you know, heading to another bubble, which is, which is fine to speculate on, on what the peak is. But, um, I, my advice is don't be the one always pushing it higher. You know? Fair. Um, uh, let me throw this out there and then you can comment on it. I, I, I do a lot of my show prep for this show, um, in an RSS feed that, you know, pulls from Reddit and, and uh, a handful of different subreddits if you're familiar with that site, which I think most people are. One of the things that is frequently posted uh, in the in you know whatever Bitcoin subreddit I'm subscribed to is the fact that if you had just hodled, right, there's only been like 10 days in the entire life of Bitcoin where you would lose money mm -hmm. or something like that. 
So how do, how do you reconcile that with most people are losing um, if there's only been like 10 days of possible loss? Well, um, wow. <laughs> because consolidation, that's why. Okay. There's, there's a lot of people that bought at the, on, I mean, if you look at the times when people were buying the most, it was between 15 and 19,000, the, the last bull run. That's when uh, people were uh, mortgaging their house to buy Bitcoin. They were, <laughs> yeah, I've sold begging. everything to buy in. Yeah. And so, uh, and, and you can see that in the, in the volume charts. When the price of Bitcoin goes up, the volume shoots up. And so people are scrambling to buy more during the bull runs. And that's, and that's with any market. Um, and so there's a lot of people that bought it 15,000 to 19,000. And uh, it was way lower than that for a long time. So yeah. how many of those people held it out? You know, there's a lot of people that uh, have been uh, hurt badly on uh, other uh, investments. And so their experience is that they're a loser when the price is down and so they sell they go i must have screwed up i made a bad decision to buy uh during this obvious bubble and then they sell when it's low it's uh human nature that's why the price goes down because people are selling why are they selling because well they bought at the wrong time so yeah um or for a number of reasons unrelated to investment right i'm sure a lot of people during this uh pandemic may have had to cash out some of their bitcoin to cover yeah. expenses by being, you know, put out of their job by the government. Right. Right. I can see that happening. I can, yeah. and I can see and that being used as a savings account of some kind. Yeah. And, and that's one of the reasons why I was so fearful of the price being down. I couldn't imagine the price rising at a time when people are, some people are being forced to sell their, their crypto to, to make it uh, week by week. So, yeah. Um, yeah, really it's, it was really unfortunate and bad timing for a lot of people. KS, uh, any thoughts from, I guess, uh, the more economic perspective on this or? No, no, I'm, I'm drinking this in from the experts. Okay. Well, the, from the one expert. Mm -hmm. I just read the article, man. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I thought, uh, give me a second. Cause I thought I had one more, but we might just the, move on. The question from the, the title of that article was kind of funny to me. It's like, like Bitcoin isn't sucking the air out of anything or what was the title again is bitcoin strangling the other cryptocurrencies yeah is it strangling them no it's it gives them life i mean if it wasn't for the bitcoin as the the entryway into the crypto universe then uh you know none of these would exist um sure and oh, fine oh go ahead and it's it's a good alternative to uh gold as a hedge against inflation and it's it's a good solid bedrock for all the other uh, cryptos to exist. So it's uh, it's holding them up. It's giving them life. Not it's not strangling anything. Right. And I I would generally agree with that. I was at um, dinner the other night talking with some friends uh, in the local community, um, and again, you know, surpri surprising to me, right? There are there are still a handful of people within the local liberty oriented community that like see no value in Bitcoin or crypto at all. Mm -hmm. Just like, nope, don't get it. Don't understand it. Don't want to do anything with it. And so part of me, you know, with the, you know, the, with the headline, you know, uh, is Bitcoin strangling the other currencies, cryptocurrencies. And what I asked earlier, which was, do you have to like set a goal beforehand? You know, when, when I was talking to these friends, I was like, well, I think that's important, right? Because if you don't know what you want to do, with your cryptocurrency holding, well, then of course you're not going to see any value of it, you know. But if you're not going to get into Bitcoin, um, you could save ten percent off of your meal at the restaurant. You know, I, I don't know if they still do it, but at one point in time, if you paid, you know, using uh, Dash, they were giving Dash back, right? Like you save ten percent, you know, you get ten percent of your bill returned to you in Dash just by using Dash. So I go, well, that's a good reason. Right. You hit up the ATM before you come to dinner and you get, you know, twenty dollars worth of dash. If you wish, you know, spend twenty dollars on your meal and save ten percent on your meal. Right. That's that's a use case to save money, at least on a you know, a weekly basis when we all go out to dinner. Um, you know, if if you're more of the investment type, sure, you can make money trading, holding, whatever, investing in it. 
um, if you you know if you want that if you want that action, right that that uh, that the addictive process of you know gambling, um, I think you know on a daily basis, uh, you know periodically throughout the day, if you just watch the the Bitcoin fluctuations um, with a large enough investment, I I think there's you know there's there's ways to trade for a few hundred dollars of gains a day potentially depending on you know depending on what's going on and then if you expand that out to the other cryptocurrencies even more so uh because those fluctuations are even wider you know if you if you want to sit if you have if you have money to burn and you know covid's put you out of real work and you just want to sit there and trade um yeah i think i think with enough if you set your goals properly uh you can you can day trade your way to you know a, a decent job at least during this current cycle yeah well if you're good at trading there's there's most most people aren't right and i th- okay and that's fair as well um but i i almost want to say that most people aren't for the same reason most people aren't good at a lot of things and that's because most people don't spend the time and energy to practice and improve their skill set right i would say that day trading or trading or you know uh, even if it's if, if it's well, a regular stock market, is a skill set that needs to be learned and practiced. Um, yeah, well, that's the same thing as saying that there's there's professional gamblers, and yeah, they're much better than the regular gamblers. And, yeah, and, and and that's the thing is, if that's what you want to spend your time doing, and I I don't recommend it for for most. It and for for the one reason is because it is a lot like gambling, and it is addictive. In the same way, like I was talking about earlier, when, when people put finally get the courage to buy Bitcoin and they think that's risky, it's a drug because then they're like, oh, I'm buying this risky thing. And then they get it all hyped up like, well, now what do I do? I just did something and it was exciting and I, I've got this Bitcoin in my wallet and I can look at the price every day and it's going up and down. It's like crazy and it's exciting. And then and then they go, oh, well, I need to, I need to add risk to that. And that's, to me, that's kind of insane. Okay. And so, and and... I, like I said, there's value in altcoins, um, but you just have to be careful that you're not buying it just because the price is going up and down quickly and find out, is there actually any value in it? Like, like I, I love it right now. Uh, Ripple is down right now, 49% in seven days. Um, well, why is that? Well, because the government uh, called their CEO in to, to have a hearing or something, and they're, they're claiming that these are uh, non-registered securities, and so they're going to shut them down. And he's yeah, because like, well, no are... one really understood Ripple at all from from the beginning. And so the CEO is going, well, "Why? Why are they picking on me? We're not. We're no different than Bitcoin." And well, that's the difference. There's no CEO of Bitcoin to call in, so they can't <laughs> do it. <laughs> you know, it's, it's like, duh. Everybody, you know, is looking at the price fall. Now they can, uh, you know, take some time to understand what the difference is between Ripple and Bitcoin. It's it's. You know, it's great timing, you know, right during the holidays and at the start of the Bitcoin bubble run up right now. Uh, and of course, uh, Ripple being a centrally controlled scam, in my opinion, um, they can make the price go up. And I'm not sure if they're going to put any more money into it to, to cause another price rise. But if you look at the history of Ripple, it's had crazy huge spikes. And to me, it's, it's very, uh, looks very manipulated and very scammy so i tell people to avoid ripple because it's not bitcoin it's not a cheaper bitcoin it's an expensive scam sure but if you see those big fluctuations right you go like well maybe right maybe maybe i want to throw some risk here yeah you know and that's the thing if you like gambling if you like risk uh you know have fun any way that you uh feel like doing it but my point is like there's there's other things that can add risk that actually have uh, value and so my number one pick right now is Monero, of course, um, because I think it's like it's like Bitcoin but better because it adds privacy. But um, you know that's not to say that something else won't happen to it. And, and Monero's past, uh, it's been kind of sort of uh, uh, targeted by hackers a couple times, and they had to uh, update the code to to fix it. So you know some something could happen, and to you know. I think Bitcoin's probably the safest, um, but uh, you know anything could happen to to any of these. Yeah, and I also want to say that you know again part part of my point was to be clear about what you want going in, uh, 
for those very reasons, because mm-hmm. you have to understand that it is a risk um, and you have to understand the amount of risk that you're willing to take to play in this game. Right. Right. But the, I don't think, I don't think the, the reason the, the, the friends that I was talking with, I don't think the reason that they were staying out of the game was a risk averse decision, right? It was a, it was a conceptual uh, thought process yeah. on them on and what's the I point. Can, I can give you some example of why they say, what's the point? That's because the false idea that Bitcoin is somehow supposed to replace the dollar. And that's what they weigh it against. And I'm telling you, and I told everybody this, that it's not a replacement for the dollar. It can be used in much the same way as other electronic forms of payments, but it's not a replacement for a dollar. What it's a replacement for is gold. And and it's actually a harder currency than gold because we know the the ultimate limit and it's mathematically proven how much uh, Bitcoin there's going to be. And so it's just a matter of how long are people going to play that game uh, before uh, people get bored of it and move on to something else. Um, I think the 21 million limit for Bitcoin is kind of uh, arbitrary and uh, imperfect, but uh, it's probably going to go on for longer than... uh, you know, we think is reasonable. Uh, and well, that, and that's and that's what happens with all bubbles. They go on higher and then, uh, you know, all, all the Ponzi schemes, you know, that hit billions of dollars. Like it's, it's not reasonable for, for them to have gotten that big, but they do. It is arbitrary. I don't know if I find it to be unreasonable um, just because of, of the level that Bitcoin can fractionalize, right? Like I uh, back to back to you very briefly, Cass, because I remember this from an econ class. He said, "Like I can run an entire economy on a single grain of gold, right? Yeah. If you if you could fractionalize that, you know, that single grain enough where people were trading the fractions, well, then who cares? Who cares what the backing is? In this case, the twenty one Bitcoin, there are twenty one million yeah. Bitcoin. But I th- also think in in a free market, um, that if if there was uh, just you know. A, a single gram of of gold to fractionalize, um, there wouldn't it wouldn't be necessary to only use that gram of gold. People would come up with alternatives, a gram of silver, or you know whatever, sure. and they would start you know they would start trading you know oil bar- barrels or wh- whatever it is that they come up with. Yeah, and, there's and islands in the of, South Pacific where the currency is rocks. <laughs> yeah, and but that's kind of what the cryptocurrency universe is. Like, okay, you have Bitcoin, and that's great, and all to hold and you, you know, if you hold it long enough, uh, even if you buy it now, you'll you'll probably make a profit on it. Um, and and that's what all, all the alts bring in. Like, well, if the price of Bitcoin is too high, or if the price of uh, the one gram of gold is too high, then you have alternatives. And that's kind of the beauty of the, the cryptocurrency universe is that there's always uh, alternatives to to get into if you know, something looks like it's uh, stupid expensive. Yeah. Well, you also just recommended against most of those because most of them are scams at this point. I I wouldn't say most of them are scams. Uh, Most, I think most, uh, I can't say most cryptocurrencies. A lot of them are uh, projects done in in good faith and have uh, value uh, propositions to them. So, all right. Uh, you just have to figure out what what's important to you. Like for some people, it's oh, programmable money and smart contracts. Okay, Ethereum, EOS, uh, Cardano. There, there's multiple ones of them. I don't focus on that because I've never used. Well, I've, I've used Ethereum once uh, to make a bet on the presidential election. Um, I've used it once. Does that mean I should put all my money into it? Because oh my gosh, I used Ethereum for something. Like no, it wasn't that great of an experience. It was kind of. Uh, uh, you know, risky even around the money uh, into these <laughs> weird things. And like, it's, uh, uh, I mean, I I enjoyed the, uh, the, the learning about it and, and attempting to do it, but it wasn't, uh, it wasn't as smooth as process as I would want it to be. And so okay. um, there, there's other gambling websites that make more sense. You know, you make an account, you put money in there and you tell them what you want to bet on. Predict it, um, or is it dot yeah, whatever? It, okay, um, and there's, I don't know, I don't know. There's a there's that's other, the big you know, one. Sports betting websites out there. Um, oh yeah, that but that's sports betting. Predict it, you yeah. can bet on anything. Sure. Yeah. 
Um, uh, so I think it'll get better in the future, but like that's not my focus. Uh, you know, for some people, that's what's important is having uh, smart contracts and the ability to to do these uh, types of uh, uh, bets and and, and pricing uh, uh, games. You know. Let's talk about what's important for a minute, because you meant you said something a little bit earlier that I want to circle back to as well. Um, Bitcoin is not a replacement for the dollar. Mm -hmm. Now, I hear you. I don't necessarily disagree with you, uh, but I do think a lot of people who were in on it, like at, at you know, in the basement, right? Like Bitcoin just hits the scene, was well, two thousand nine or whatever, um, and the idea presented at that time to a lot of us was, hey, look at this anarchist money, right? Get out of the dollar by getting into Bitcoin because it's 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 a non-governmental, you know, currency, uh, yeah. internet currency, internet but, money. But, but I would still have to, you know, stop you right there and say, who's in the dollar anyway? Is is there libertarians that just have, you know, dollars stashed under their mattress? That's silly. You know, it's like, why would they do that? They're losing value and they know they're losing value. So, and so they, you know, most libertarians are probably not doing that anyway. And they're, and you know, yeah, they've got a lot of us were gold, gold bugs or silver bugs. Yeah, gold, at the time. gold or silver. And that's, and that's great. But, and, and that's my whole point is that Bitcoin isn't an alternative to the dollar. It's an alternative to gold. But what I'm, what I'm saying is they're one of the, one of the issues of being in gold that Bitcoin solved was that the, the that fractionalization and the ability to spend it uh, more easily than yeah. a gram yeah. of gold. Bitcoin solves a lot of problems, and that's right. Why I think it at least has a chance to matching all the value of all the gold in the world, which would put Bitcoin around four hundred five hundred thousand dollars per coin. Right. So I would say at the bare minimum, long term. Uh, we will see a five hundred thousand uh, dollar Bitcoin. Okay, um, but again, fair. But I, I want to tie this back into the the dollar thing. Um, again, early on, uh, in you know, in the libertarian communities and the anarchist communities, um, mostly mostly because of Ron Paul, right? It was audit the Fed, mm -hmm. and then end the Fed, and then Bitcoin comes along and it's replace the Fed, right? Mm -hmm. Why do we have to be? Why do any of our holdings have to be in dollars? when we have this thing called Bitcoin and now cryptocurrency, right? The, the, the whole, I, the whole goal for a lot of people, um, at that point in time was get out of the dollar, like a hundred percent out of the dollar. Right. Yeah, I, but no, nobody's in the dollar anyway, is my point. Well, every, anyone who gets a paycheck is in the dollar. Well, you get the dollar, but you get rid of them as soon as you can. It's like a game of hot potato. Yeah. And I, I've told people that as well, right? You, every when you get your paycheck, you know, convert it to something of higher value. Otherwise, you people lose do it. anyway without even being told. Well, and uh, yes and no. Uh, a lot of people, <laughs> a lot of people do that without being told. Uh, but it is it is consumption uh, spending as opposed to uh, investment, investment spending right. or saving spending. Right, right, right. That that's a subconscious thing. Um, right. Whereas, and so, and so that's why. It depends who you talk to. If you talk to somebody who's already a saver, they're saving for their future, then you'll have a different conversation with them than somebody who's not. Somebody oh, yeah. who's not a saver is looking for, uh, you know, those risky type of things, or maybe they're trying to get into, you know, you know, just starting out, uh, you know, making a nest egg for themselves and and they're, uh, you know, determined to do that. So, um, yeah, it's it's a different depending on what they're doing. And so one of the first questions I ask whenever I start introducing Bitcoin is, is, is have you ever invested in gold? Right. And if their answer is no, then I assume they're not going to be that receptive uh, to Bitcoin. And, See, except, and I don't know if that would be a safe assumption because if you were talking to me, uh, I'm highly receptive to Bitcoin, but what has kept me out of gold um, is the, the high cost of entry, yeah, which Bitcoin solves. You can buy small amounts of gold too, right? You, you can, but it's it's prohibitive to you know take possession of a gram of gold, right? What are you going to do with that? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> what are you going to do with it? No, hold on to it, and that's that's kind of my point. Is that if if people look at it as a hedge against inflation, but still growing faster, way faster than gold, um, because it's not it hasn't reached gold's value yet. 
like at the point where Bitcoin reaches the, the value of gold, then I have to switch my mode of thinking because I don't have anything else to compare it to. Well, then it would ju- then then it truly becomes that which all other things are compared to. Yeah, right? maybe, but I don't know what happens at that point. Okay, so I, I can't conceptualize that. But until then, I, we have a great model for what okay. you know Bitcoin could be worth. I mean, there aren't aren't there other precious metals that have traded higher than gold though? I mean, I don't think gold's like the, the sure, top end of that spectrum. They're not used as a a base for monetary policy, or never were. And so, okay. uh, yeah, the reason why gold is valuable is because people understand how to trade it as a currency, and and of course, you know the the bank banks of the world have, have tried to suppress the value of, of gold, and they don't want people using it. They made it illegal at one point, but um, but it's still there, and it still has a historical precedence of winning in the end and and maybe gold will win out in the end too but i think there's definitely going to be a a showdown between bitcoin and gold you know there's no chance of of the dollar you know (laughs) competing with gold as far as a sure uh you know hedge against inflation but if you're one of if you're one of these people that want to uh, again you say they're not in the dollar but they're in the dollar who want to get out of the dollar completely is that something that yeah, and is so you have to explain what that means. That mean, does that mean not getting a paycheck in dollars anymore? Yeah, working okay. working for Bitcoin, spending Bitcoin, convincing okay. the, the shops so, around town to take cryptocurrency so that you don't have to use dollars for anything. Uh, I've tried to explain this to uh, one of KS's, um, I think, previous students, or I, I can't remember, but uh, he was asking questions to us, and I said the the replacement for the dollar doesn't exist yet. And I have a list of requirements that it would have to meet to replace the dollar, um, but it doesn't exist yet. And so it'll be an altcoin that uh, is much more accessible and uh, uh, widely distributed, more widely distributed than Bitcoin. Um, some some cryptocurrencies come close to that. Uh, one of them is the uh, BAT token or basic attention token. Yep. Um, why it's important is because anybody can access it. They can browse uh, on their browser and they they get paid for what ads they see on, on their web browser when they get served them. Yep. So use the Brave um, browser if you're into that because that's what, right. so that I have that fired in, up at work. Built into the Brave browser. Anybody can access it around the world. They can get served ads and you get cryptocurrency for it. Not very much, but not very much for me could be a lot to somebody else. Um, so, it's more than nothing, and so right. that's why. And so I'm so I'm hoping that that the BAT token succeeds uh, in places where small amounts of money mean more than places where that they that it doesn't mean very much. So, um, but we'll see. But that's just one one method of uh, distributing cryptocurrency, which ultimately adds to the value of Bitcoin and the cryptocurrency. Uh, ecosystem, even if the price is going down over time for that particular token. So if it's not Bitcoin and it doesn't exist yet, can can we still c- consider the cryptocurrency sphere in general uh, to be like an agorist endeavor to replace the dollar and to get out of government money? Or should we forego that and just look at it as just another investment tool uh, to improve your own I wealth? Th- I think all money should be viewed at as just a tool. Now, if you use US dollars and you pay tax and you and you play their game, then you're funding their game. So get out of it as much as you can. But it's a big but. Uh, the goal of the tool is to make efficient uh, pricing and transactions. And so if the dollar helps you more at this moment, go ahead and use it. Go ahead and use their pricing structure and whatever. But, you know, try to avoid holding it because <laughs> there's no reason to. You know, you yeah. can hold something that's better. And I, um, I think that's where if, you lose a little you, bit of the libertarians and the anarchists, sure, right? Because I, I don't want to use their pricing system. I don't want to use their pricing structure. Well, I know, but my point is don't hurt yourself trying to support some idealistic version of, of cryptocurrency that doesn't exist yet. Okay. Eventually, there will be. And... Like I said, the more we talk about it and, and talk about the requirements of a replacement for the dollar, 
then we can get there. But right. nobody's really talking about that yet. Everybody's okay. talking about, uh, you know, the, the the value of the dollar going down, which is true, and the value of Bitcoin going up, which is true. And so what we have is a is a great hedge against the deflation of or the inflation of the dollar. Okay. I mean, I've been called a bad activist here because I don't want to like buy extra altcoins just to have at the ready to spend, right? <laughs> right. Like that's that's the activism, right? The, the yeah. only way to get the cryptos to be to to be more widely accepted is to spend it everywhere you can and to have a conversation with every cashier uh, where they're not taking it about why they should be taking it. And I go, I yeah. I, don't, I don't have the time. And that's for that. fine, but the ideal cryptocurrency to replace the dollar doesn't exist yet. And any trying to force it is just idealism leading you to make bad decisions with your money. So my, my advice is don't be idealistic about it. Um, be rational and efficient with your money because you know, it's, it's your money. It's your value that you're putting into yeah. these things. And so, uh, yeah, don't, don't lose value just because you have an idealistic stance on something. Okay. And well, you're all, we're also talking about activism a little bit here, which, which by its very nature uh is has cost associated with the activism itself right it's it's a lot of yeah. losing propositions in order to, to further an ideal or a moral or an ethical position yeah where but, it's known that you're going to be losing because you know an investment into bitcoin might be idealistic but it's also not a losing proposition and so there's that you know <laughs> and and uh and or i think it may not be a losing proposition because there's still always the inherent risk involved Sure. There, there's risk in that and there's yeah. risk in, in, in everything. You know, there's risk if you if you buy gold and you put it in your safe that somebody breaks into your safe and, and steals it. Even if you put it at the bank, uh, you know, there's a chance, I don't know how often it happens, that, you know, bank robbers break into all the safe deposit box and take your gold, you know. There's there's risk. Just being alive is risky. And so you no, I get try that. And, and so you try to spread your risk out. In, in a way, so, you know, you can you can make ten different Bitcoin wallets and and put them in in uh, different banks, and that way, if your house burns down, you still got you know uh, at least you know if you're, one of the banks blows up and your house burns down, at least you've got nine other uh, Bitcoin wallets to go let, back let, to. Let me compare it briefly to like the shop local movement, then, right? Because to me, that n has never made financial sense on the individual level. Right. I want to go to the grocery store where I get the most value for my dollars. Yeah. Right. And that's, and that's okay. But it's, it's like when you're, you know, giving, you know, donating money to a church, uh, you know, you might not do that. I, I do that on occasion. Okay. And you know, it's, it's not, it's not for me. It's, it's a, it's out of my generosity. And I would yeah. do the same thing. If, if I appreciate the people, then I would assign more value to spending money on, you know, on their stuff. If, if it's what I want, I wouldn't buy something from them if I didn't want want it. If there's a better quality piece of gear uh, made by Chinese people, I would probably buy that over the local made stuff anyway. Yeah, but that's but, not the narrative gets the, that gets pushed. It's but let's say keep it local, local. But let's say there's two two products: one made in China, one made in the USA, and and one is uh, you know ten percent higher price uh, ma being made in the USA. I might buy it just to to support people that I care about. Um, but do I really care about them more than the people in China? I don't know. Yes, I don't, you know. obviously. <laughs> I, th I, I think that's built maybe, into the paying more for same quality but goods. But that's the thing. I, you know, sometimes I might feel like, oh yeah, people in the US are, that made this stuff are more important than people in China. And sometimes I think, no, you know, people in China need food too. So <laughs> I, some sometimes I make the dis, that the distinction and decision, and and that's okay. People can have their own value system. So what what you're really talking is about is is a value system, and if you want to spend more money on local goods because yeah you value the the your neighbors and stuff like that, then that's perfectly fine. There's nothing irrational about that. Well, from a financial point, I I do find it irrational because you're you're no longer putting the financial concern as the top priority. Well, but you're adding the financial concern of your neighbors into the equation. So it okay. just defines depends on how you define the equation. And I guess for me, I always I always define it as the individual level. What's best for me, right? Yeah, and that, and that's fine. And and that that doesn't lead to the world ending. Yeah, you know? it's like like I so, I so buy maybe, exp I buy expensive things uh, that are of high quality 
not because they were made in America or made locally, but because they were of high quality, right? If, sure. if I got, if I could get the same quality for a cheaper price coming out of, you know, China or Indonesia or whatever, I would not buy American in those cases. Cause that's, yeah. that's not the motivating factor. It's the quality. It's the, the value of the item itself, not who created it. Yeah. And that's a, that's perfectly rational. And, and so is if somebody values the people in the USA, that are producing it. It's, it's also okay to add that into the equation. Like it's okay. Everybody's got their own value system is all I'm trying to say. I, well, I guess we agree then. Cause that's what I'm trying to say as well that you, yeah. you know, but I don't, but when, when it comes to activism, you know, you, you said some, you, you made a comment earlier about, you know, uh, I forget what the exact words were, uh, but I brought well, up the, I brought up the idea of the activism. Yeah, don't be idealistic. But right. I think, but that comes into play. That absolutely comes into play in a lot of areas, including yeah. but I, by but I don't, I don't think uh, trying to avoid using the dollar at all, you know, at an individual level, is going to hurt the dollar at all. Like you'd have to have some massive movement of, you know, you know, everybody just saying, oh, like uh, uh, the the. Uh, the dollar is is Biden's dollar. We're, we're you know, and all the Trumpers and yes. stuff say, oh, we're not going to use the dollar anymore. Yes. Okay. I'm I'm all for that. I'm all for that. But the likelihood of that happening is you know slim to none. Like it's not going to matter. It's not going to make a difference. Right. But the only way to even think about getting to that point is to make the sacrifice to yourself on the individual level and lead by example. Right. It's going to be hard to convince people to like. Buy Bitcoin, spend Bitcoin, trade Bitcoin at your local grocery store, right? If you're running your credit card through the machine yeah, at the same time, I. Uh, and that's so, why I have to to remind you that that Bitcoin is not a replacement for the dollar. It's it's a replacement for gold. And I don't recommend people using gold at their grocery store. It's a heads yeah. against inflation. It's it's uh it's an investment for yeah. long term store of value. It's not something that I recommend people doing day to day trades with. Right. I understand that. And I, I, I will, I will try to yeah, be so, more clear with my phrasing cryptocurrencies, because again, here, right. Ev- so, everything's accepted, right? We so once, it, locally, it's Bitcoin cash, it's dash. Uh, once, once a more ideal, uh, currency for day-to-day trades exists, then I will recommend using it. But right now it doesn't exist. So I can't recommend anybody trying to get their local stores to, uh, accept cryptocurrency it's it's silly to me i think it's better if you want to do that route it's just to have a cryptocurrency credit card and and spend your bitcoin that way um, right and they in that way the store it doesn't matter what the store thinks like they're still using dollars who cares and i i almost think you may change your tune just a little bit if you were here in this community uh because again it's not bitcoin but it's 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 dash it's horizon it's uh bitcoin cash well that i was i would does still get tell traded them- on a smaller it's, scale in, until they come up with a, a better, more widely distributed, uh, cryptocurrency. Um, then, uh, one, one of the key factors to, to, to tell if a cryptocurrency is, you know, is worthy of being a replacement for the dollar is if you can get a loan with it. Like if I can get a, you know, 5% interest rate loan or, or even 20%, whatever, uh, with a cryptocurrency and, you know, pay it back over five years, that would, more closely that it's ready uh, for mass adoption. Okay. Um, and I don't think it can be done uh, at the at the moment without pegging it to the value of the dollar. And you know, we, there's a whole bunch of them like Tether uh, that are pegged to the dollar. So it so it shows to me that it's it's possible. Um, and uh, I think yeah, there 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 is definitely a way out of the dollar uh, using cryptocurrencies. Hopefully somebody else comes up with it before the U S government, uh, uh, perfects their version of it. Um, but yeah, it's coming electronic money okay. is coming. I hear what you're saying about the loan as well. And I think for now, the, as the situation stands, you're right because it has to be pegged to the dollar in some form or fashion. Um, otherwise it gets, it gets murky with the large fluctuations. Right. If you, you, you know, you take out a, a 20% loan on, you know, uh, Bitcoin cash, right? Like, ah, I'm going to loan you 10 Bitcoin cash. Uh, and then the value either, you know, it rises or drops precipitously. 
right? Then the, the loan is no longer worth the same to me or mm-hmm. you because subconsciously we've already pegged that value to the dollar. It's not mm-hmm. just about bit, you know, getting back uh, 120 Bitcoin cash, right? Which may or may not be impossible to do. And well, so, so someone would have to have it. I mean, you could do a personal loan. You could easily do a personal loan from somebody, but there's no, you know, no guarantee that you get it back though. That's, that's the problem. So let's say you use, well, there's no guarantee you get back dollars either. Yeah. But let's say you use collateral, uh, in a slower market, uh, you could, you could lend somebody gold and you could expect to get that, not the dollar amount back, but the actual, you know, let's say one ounce of gold, uh, you could lend somebody and you could expect to get that one ounce back. Uh, but with Bitcoin, you lend somebody one Bitcoin and it's like, okay, well now the price is five times higher, five months later, uh, good luck getting it back. Like they, there might be no possible way for you to get the money back out of that person. Um, and whatever collateral you got from them would be only worth the dollar value of the Bitcoin back at that time. Yeah. Because there's no other equal asset to Bitcoin that you could hold as collateral. Well, and again, it, it begs the question only because you're, you're pegging the value in your mind to that of the dollar. Right. If some well, if someone owes you one point five Bitcoin after you know the, the end of the term, well then they're it's they're on the hook for one point five. How do you collect that? Yeah, I don't no, know. Yeah, but that's that's the problem. I don't know how to collect it if the value goes up. So the, the, there is something to be said about the, bust the some dollar, kneecaps. The dollar moves. Take much, out some other property. Well, yeah, you you could do that, and it, and I would be okay with it. But um, people would be less likely to get into. A, a borrowing situation uh, because of that, you know, like why would, why would anybody borrow Bitcoin uh, and, and, you know, buy a car that's asking for trouble. That's, that's a huge amount of risk right there. You could lose your whole house because you wanted to buy a car with Bitcoin. You know, that's like, yeah. Well, and again, how do you, what cryptocurrency is going to pull away from that aspect when it's always tied to the value of the dollar? Well, to make one that's, intentionally tied to the dollar unit for unit, that's that's what I'm saying is not a potential alternative. Well, the, but at the, the moment right now, Tether doesn't operate as a bank, so you can't borrow Tether from the Tether okay. Corporation, and so that's one of the reasons why it's not uh, a competitor at the moment. You know, maybe they do in the future. I don't know. Maybe maybe that's what Facebook Libra's uh, eventual goal is to be. You know, sure. Which which I'm all in for. I, you know, I, the the more options, the better. You know, even if they are kind of a, a scammy, uh, uh, centralized uh, yeah. system. But if I was holding a hundred thousand tether, I could easily turn that into a loanable cryptocurrency. You could you could loan it, and and it would be no different from the dollar. But my 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 point is, uh, at at the point that tether decides that they can create it out of thin air and loan it to people, and collect interest on it, then they become a basically a, a, another version of the Federal Reserve centralized system, but a competitor also. Okay. Because then they'll be competing to create more loans to get more money. And and it, it will be a glorious thing. It will may, Maybe it will uh, enable them to, to compete themselves to death. And then we'll be left with, uh, you know, alternatives to both of those. Who knows? So if that's all it takes, and we already know that cryptocurrencies are infinitely creatable, uh, why not just create a loanable cryptocurrency? Well, that, peg, that's pegged that's, to the dollar or not, because if you're going to be inflating it anyway to 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 hand out more loans, the minute you start, you know, uh, mining more coins just to hand out loans, you you start to chip away at that that pegging. Well, exactly. That's that's the ultimate goal. That's why I say when 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 I say compete with it, at first first part of the goal is to match what the dollar can do and what the central banks can do. And that's the only way to compete with them is to, you know, yeah. do what they do, but just do it better. You know? So all you have to do, so you could just fork off Tether then and then could make that loanable for now. Yeah, definitely. I mean, Tether could do it right now if they wanted to. Okay. Is there, I mean, is, if, is there if anything the specific? Is is it like a moral and ethical thing as to why they're not? Well, the, it doesn't the seem one that thing difficult is because the way you phrase it. If they, if they did it, then the government would come after them and say, hey, you can't do that. That's our job. <laughs> So oh. that's the that's the one you know kink in the whole thing is is that that you know with tether there's somebody to go after you know with ripple there's somebody to go after okay with bitcoin there's not and that's why that's why bitcoin works as a competition to gold uh and that's 
why the Bitcoin isn't comparable to the dollar. It's just not. <laughs> okay. I mean, I hear you and I go, well, I still, I still want to see something that moves people away from the dollar and the thought process. Yeah. No, I do. And I want to see that too. I'm not disputing that at all. It's, but it doesn't exist yet. And when, when, when we talk about it enough and find out what will, will actually make that a possibility. And if we invent it, uh, you know, just like when before Bitcoin existed, you know, they had all these different, uh, uh, attributes to Bitcoin that needed to be solved before Bitcoin would work. You know, one of them was is the the Bitcoin clock, so the ten minute thing. The reason why it has ten minutes every block is so that when you fire up your computer, everybody ha is on the same clock, because you can you can tell that well if if the average of every trans trans uh, if 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 the average of every block is ten minutes, uh, then you can go back to the beginning of Bitcoin and you can set your clock by it. You can know what time it is, you know what year it is, what day it is. Okay. Uh, by what block we're on, because every every block is ten minutes. That's so important. People don't understand that. That that was a huge obstacle to overcome. Yeah, I don't understand that. Even the way you're saying it, because why? Why would I need to go back in time to set my clock to to Bitcoin time? No, but you you can know what time it is based on what okay. block we're we're on in in the the Bitcoin uh, block. You can you you can set your clock to it. The, the reason why that's important is because if everybody was allowed to set their clock, then I could set my clock back to 2009 and <laughs> make a make a Bitcoin transaction and screw up the whole system. Oh, okay. Mm. So, yeah, the clock is very important. As far as the blockchain is concerned. Yeah, as far as the blockchain and Bitcoin. I mean, Bitcoin is dependent on the blockchain. Right. I mean, I hear you. I'm still... I'm still well, not completely... what I'm saying there's a, there's a whole bunch of attributes for example the 21 million limit right you know having I mean all all these attributes were thought of beforehand and said okay well this is what's going to take for it to work you know the divisibility up to you know eight decimal points um the uh the you know 1 megabit or 2 megabit or 8 megabit whatever block size that bitcoin or bitcoin cash is running on you know all all which these has things... been disputed from almost sure. the beginning yeah, and all, but all these things have attributes that that you know were at least thought of and say okay well maybe they are important and and uh, and, and so you know the, the the price for the transactions that go to the miners the distribution model for for Bitcoin you know every, every you know so often it, it has a halvening for its distribution um, all all these attributes are what made Bitcoin work right and so what we have to figure out is well what attributes would we need to be a competitor to the dollar. Uh, I haven't figured out a way to do it without having a centralized operation, you know, that basically mimic the Federal Reserve. Yeah. But, you know, maybe there's one out there. We'd have to figure out what those attributes are before uh, before it would work. Well, and also whether it then can be converted to better than the dollar. If the, only, if the goal is to get away from the dollar and the only way through that is to be like the dollar first, you have to have an exit strategy uh to to break that paradigm like we competed with the dollar as the dollar for now and then now that the dollar is you know a lesser than now we can break free and yeah. be better than and I, and I think there's a, a way forward because if you look at why people dislike the dollar right now and why people don't hold it at all hardly uh is because the interest rates are so low and so if all you'd have to do is peg something as a dollar offer savings accounts with higher than whatever the federal reserve notes are and there you go you've got immediately people dumping money into it because they want more of the cryptocurrency uh based on whatever the uh, savings rate is okay i hear you and i i also just think people i think a lot of people do that with bitcoin in general uh sure. but it's not an interest rate per se it's the 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 increase well, exactly. in value the expected so, increase in value so you have one that's like gold it's a hedge against inflation and eventually it will get boring and then people will want a stable increase of value uh, that is you know, basically based on you know mathematical percentages like a savings right. account so eventually there are people that have a whole bunch of bitcoin and it's, it's coming down it's coming down quite fast and like, well where where do i put my money uh where i where i still gain some but i don't lose any value and bitcoin that could cash. be that could be a new version of a uh, you know, a, you know, Federal Reserve Note 2.0 run by uh, a, a private person instead of 
uh, forced by the government. Fair will enough. the government will the government want to tax the interest then on that? Most definitely, of course they will. Mm-hmm. They want to tax your breath if they could. You know, they mm-hmm. tax the sun if they could. And and I again, think they've that's, actually done that before. <laughs> that's that's the, that's one of the reasons why we we want this to be like the anarchist money and to get away from it because if it's decentralized out of the government's operational True. control. And that's why I said that's one of my caveats of creating a, a perfect alternative to the Federal Reserve note is I don't know how to do it without being centralized. And so For we're kind of we're yeah. kind of stuck. And it's not a bad stuck. Like it's not bad to have Bitcoin as your uh, alternative uh, uh, banking solution, and then you know use dollars whenever it's convenient. You know that's sure. not a bad place to be. You know uh, it's so Bitcoin. Yes, it's a it's a wonderful tool. Um, in the long run, it'll be like, it'll be more or less like gold to people in the long run. And okay. how many people, how many people invest in gold? Well, not that many. I mean, if you go around with a gold coin, 90% of people will, will take the candy bar versus the gold coin just because they don't know what the gold coin is worth. And that is a failure of the education system. It is. Publicly educated. Uh, losers. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Any more thoughts? Oh, I've got thoughts on Bitcoin for days. Well, <laughs> no, thank you though. Any, any more related to the, to this article? <laughs> All right, KS. Final thoughts? No, I'm fine. All right, learning a Th- lot. Yeah. Thank you very much for listening, everybody. You guys know where to find us: anarchistexperience.com on Telegram, t.me/anarchistexperience or t.me/theanarchistexperience. And if you'd like to contribute to the show financially. Uh, you can do so through Patreon, where we still take dollars. Uh, Patreon.com slash The Anarchist Experience. Thank you very much for listening, and we'll talk to you all next week. Peace. Aloha.